We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto-Grinders MLB Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci here with Blender. I'm not Stevie. Stevie's on vacation. And I did not say NBA Morning Grind. I said MLB. I really thought I was going to say NBA. I'm so used to saying NBA. What's up, Jordan Cooper? How are you? You're not doing, you're not doing Summer League NBA? Isn't, isn't that, to me, that's only for degenerates. Well, I'm, take, I'm taking the night off of Summer League. Just to find out the lineups is like that. That's to me, that's the edge. I I just need a mental break from hoops. You know, I dabbled with some Olympics. It was fun. Um, But I'm I'm ready for some football season. We're going to cover some MLB. Oh, by the way, it's MMA and and UFC is in full swing, too. So I heard you might have had a decent weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm glad UFC was in full swing. Did I hear that? Did I hear correctly? Did you have a decent weekend? Uh, I I I I think I did. I think I had the the biggest the biggest hit of my career in a sing, single contest. It's my second six figure takedown, hundred and sixteen thousand. It wasn't a solo. That's the only thing. That's the that's the. It wasn't a solo winner. It was a three way tie for first, but a uh, three way tie of uh, you know three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Pretty good. For, pretty pretty good to me. So uh, so there'll, there'll be a video out on YouTube. I recorded a, a how I won, whatever, kind of, I don't know, 
RG always does those types of videos with, with big hits. And I, and I pretty much uh, tell you in detail exactly, exactly what to like, literally, like you could, you could duplicate literally what I do. And the good part is that the 99% of people won't do. Well, congratulations. And you're right. And I think the last time we were on a show together, we had a discussion about having that contrarian mindset. And we said something like, you do have to be a little bit crazy to, to win GPPs and you have to build a little crazy, but there's a difference between strategically being crazy and just being idiotic. And in MMA, there's a ton of dupes and we know that. So, Hey, you got the leverage. You made the right calls and awesome stuff. Blender. I'd rather be idiotic than play too drunk. Oh, I'm with you hundred percent. I'm an idiot, which is great. So great that you, you have a, you have an advantage. Then. <laughs> we have five games. On Monday night for MLB four, if you're playing FanDuel, early lock. Make sure people know if you're listening to this, it's not a normal seven seven oh five whatever lock on uh, on DraftKings. It's a six ten p.m. Eastern lock because I know I know there are going to be people in the in the in the Discord, which you could get for if you're a premium member. Uh, that I'm assuming at about like six thirty Eastern, there will be several people that have will post that. Uh, I got stuck with my dummy lineups because I forgot Locke was that early. Yeah, so if you're playing DraftKings, make sure you beat the rush hour traffic, leave work a little early, so you can or pull over, I don't know, so you can get your lineups in. And if you're playing FanDuel, you got till 8 o'clock. So uh, just note, not your usual Monday night slate. And, uh, you know, there's an early game and there's a 10-10 game. So it's very well you're building on DK where you might not know the lineups in the Miami San Diego game at 10 Eastern. So just kind of a gross little slate on a Monday to kick off the week blender. Not, you know, it's an interesting one because you have Peralta up top pitching wise. We'll go game by game. I know that's usually how you do, but uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on pitching. Um, You know, Peralta against the Cubs who just, oh God, we know they gave away the farm, no pun intended. Um, at the deadline and just have a lineup full of guys with just terrible K rates. So, you know, Peralta is going to be heavily owned, but we'll backtrack. We'll backtrack here. The six o'clock game is Cincy and Cleveland got an eight and a half total on that one right now. Luis Castillo going for the Reds. And uh, he's gotten progressively better throughout the year. Blender. I mean, the K's are up and uh, the damage has been limited and, what are your thoughts on Castillo now? Here we are uh, in the middle of August now. Well, I think on this slate, it's it. this is a slate that has very clear ownership distinctions. Like they're going to be probably four or five, like every game, like because it's only five games. There's only so many to choose from, especially on DraftKings where you have to play two pitchers. There's going to be basically five pitchers that are going to be owned and five that are not going to be owned. And maybe two of them, you don't want to even own them because they're not going to pitch for that long. Uh, and then the other teams that you're not playing the, those pitchers, those are going to be all the batters that are going to be owned. So from a game theory perspective, I'm looking to build lineups that g- have batters against the pitchers that are going to be owned and not try to play these kind of five threes with all the other teams because I mean, you need to find leverage somewhere. And Castillo obviously started the started the year uh, horribly, yeah. but he still had good underlying metrics. I mean, I, I he, he was getting very unlucky. Babip, he was a home the home run fly ball rate was very high. He is a good pitcher. This this uh, Cleveland lineup 
is uh, nowhere near as good as it used to be. You pretty much have Ramirez and Reyes. I mean, you have to concern yourself a little bit about Bobby Bradley, maybe Ahmad, uh, Ahmed Rosario, but the rest is kind of kind of garbagey. I think uh, I think Castillo's ownership is really going to depend on uh, the the weather, the wind at Wrigley, because it's possible that uh, there may be ten mile an hour winds blowing out in Wrigley, and we know how much it it affects uh, you know the projections and the totals. Uh, and that may scare people off of Freddie Peralta at 10-5, which may then increase the ownership of Luis Castillo at 10K. And if if I had to predict uh, uh, an ace, if you want to if you want to say that the five the five favored pitchers on the slate, I would put Castillo towards the top of wouldn't be surprised if he got blown up. So uh, I think Castillo is going to be chalky, rightfully so. 10K. Strikeout potential, could pitch over 100 pitches. But uh, to say that I'm confident uh, in, in be him in being more my lineups than some of the other pitchers on the slate, I think I'm, I'm more likely to be a little bit over on the Indians than play like a 50-plus percent on Luis Castillo. Yeah, I, I think his ownership is uh, going to dictate where I go as well and you're right the stuff's been there you know the caves are there uh depends what kind of lineup we see the, the indians roll out but uh I, I like the call a lot and uh we saw we saw the winds whipping around sunday night in wrigley and boy the white Sox were just pissing on balls uh, zach davies isn't really a big home run guy when he gets in trouble you know he's a big sinker guy keeps the ball on the ground kind of a ball and play game and man eloy had two absolute missiles tim and i mean they were having a hit parade out there in wrigley the winds were just blown like crazy so you're right definitely keep an eye on the weather uh, keep an eye on our guy kevin roth and uh, check out weather edge and all the good tools and insight that uh kevin provides for sure there so uh interesting interesting stuff there you know on the flip side i'm sure these uh reds bats are going to garner some ownership as well mr cooper so right and we're not even mentioning the indians pitcher it, it should be i believe henkes will open yep and then logan allen will be in primary relief so you're obviously not playing. I mean, Henk is at 7,100 for an inning. What, what are you going to do that? Two innings? You're obviously not playing. You're not playing anyone on the Indians pitching staff just due to just pitch count. Just It's just not worth it. Uh, but the Reds, Bats, uh, Castellanos is still too cheap at 4,000. Uh, Kyle Farmer at shortstop. The shortstop's fairly weak on this slate uh, with no Tatis uh, in the Padres lineup. So I can see him getting ownership. Obviously, the other guys in the in the Reds lineup are fairly expensive, but uh, they have a four point nine implied run total. It's uh, the third highest on the slate, so they'll be owned. And depending on uh, if they decide to play like Naquin or Aquino, just be aware. Although Aquino is thirty one hundred, Naquin's twenty six hundred. This is going to be more of a bullpen type game. So, like the likelihood of whoever starts in the lineup getting eventually pinch hit for the other guy is much higher because, uh, you know, Henk is, you know, is a lefty. So if they start a Kino, but then Allen comes in as a righty, then Naquid comes in. So they're cheap play, play maybe as part of stacks, but as far as a one-off, especially if the Reds start getting ownership, uh, I'll be avoiding them outside of that. Makes sense. Where do you think, Mike Moustakis falls in this Reds lineup equation. Finally back after missing like three months, uh, hit a home run 
uh, the other night. You know, 5,400, DK's not slacking on the pricing algo there. The interns must have been off this weekend because Moose is priced up. And, uh, you know, we're on a slate here where you got, you know, Jose Ramirez and Machado, Eduardo Escobar, uh, Moncada, Suarez. Like, is Moose going to be contra- a contrarian look, maybe? Even though, the you know, as, as look at this Reds lineup as a whole. Is he going to be one of the kind of minimally owned bats as a whole here? No, I think I think the, the ownership of these bats are going to go uh, Castellanos one, Farmer two, then uh, Mustakis three, India three, Mustakis four, and then Winker and Votto. It's it's a positional scarcity thing because if you look on the slate, uh, the chalk is going to be the Yankees against Carlos Hernandez, and they're a much cheaper lineup. So like Luke Voigt is thirty seven hundred. Uh, Glaber Torres is 3,700. Like, like those middle infield spots are going to be more dealt with, with the Yankees or the Reds because they're cheaper than the other teams. So that leaves like a third base spot an out an expensive outfield spot. Like, like I, I think that's what it's going to be on the Reds, on the Yankees, on the, maybe the Brewers, now the Brewers, maybe more of Narvaez. I'm just trying to look at the line of construction as a whole. So, yeah, I don't think you could, I, I don't think, unless you're willing to take a shot on like Hernandez or Alec Mills, one of these 6K pitchers, it's going to be very hard to build a, a Cincinnati stack that has Winker, Votto, and Moustakas in it. Unless you're like punting down with Barnhart or Naquin or something, I mean, you could do it. Uh, so I'd be more likely, it, unless you're planning on getting different a pitcher, you're probably only playing two out of the three of those. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, not a ton of value pitching wise here. Not a lot of options. I mean, uh, you can go down to Zach Thompson, who's uh, is he the projected starter? Am I right there? Is that who we're looking? Yeah, at? but you never know what the Marlins are. You never do. know what the Marlins, right? Um, you know, he's been solid this rookie year, but you know, less than ideal matchup against uh, San Diego. But you know, the guy right above him, uh, Tyon, has been phenomenal lately and I'm, I'm thinking he'll be one of the chalkier I guess you've got to consider him salary relief on this slate right because there's not there's not much else here I you know I think Tyon is probably going to be a lot of try to be a lot of people that's P2 on Monday night on the short slate uh, what are your thoughts there with Tyon since you talked about the Yankees okay so we're, we're just skipping around doesn't matter who cares uh skip whoever I, you want play whoever right, you want. play whoever you want I think I think the line of construction to be something is going to be uh, one of Castillo, Peralta, or Giolito with Tyon or Musgrove as your SP2. I think that's that's going to be the most likely construction. Uh, getting two 10K pitchers is tough. I mean, unless you're, unless you're stacking against one of the other ones, like you're playing the Royals against Tyon, you're playing the Marlins against Musgrove. Like, that's going to be tough to do. Uh, and then once you go down to, like, a Carlos Hernandez or Alex Mills, who would be the most obvious like 6K options or maybe Thompson if, if he starts and if he pitches five innings or whatever, uh, then you start to be able to get the, the higher price bats. But I think on this slate, to me, the more interesting decision is not a pitcher. It's what you're stacking against one of those pitchers. It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of those things that I'll have eight lineups tomorrow. Like I already decided. I'm just playing eight lineups. Typically on these small slates, I'm not going to build a hundred, a $15 contest. And you know, if you come in sixth place, you'll lose money. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't play that on the smaller slates. So on an eight game slate, uh, I'm most likely going to run an Indians. I'm all these 10 K pitchers. I'm going to have a stack against all of them. 
because uh, the question comes in, if you only had one lineup, what would you do? That's to me, that's that's the wing. I don't know. Like my head explodes because it could be the Indians, could be the Cubs. It could be the, the Twins. It could be the Royals. Maybe not the Marlins, maybe, but Musgrove, we've seen getting blown up before. But maybe it is the Marlins. They have the lowest implied team total. They have a three implied yeah. team total. But it's like, for my, the easiest path to first place for me is by doing that. And hopefully, you pick the pitcher that out of these that gets blown up enough that a four or five man stack pays off. Totally agree. I mean, the leverage stings even more on these smaller slates because you're just going to see some ridiculous, you know, pitching ownerships here. Um, so I, I mean, look at the Indian. Look at the Indians. Uh, the Ramirez and Reyes are both over five k. Okay, so I get it that they're 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 going to be low owned because of that. But look at the rest of this lineup: Straw's twenty two hundred, Bradley's three k, Harold Ramirez is twenty two hundred, Hedges is a cheap catcher at two thousand, Bradley Zimmer, Owen Miller. These are all two k guys. Like you could make an Indian stack with three 2K guys and then Ramirez and Reyes, and you're still being able to play. You could play Peralta Musgrove. No problem yeah. in that one. Yeah, absolutely. You can make it work for sure. For sure. The 805 game, the game I, I briefly skipped over, Milwaukee and Chicago. We talked about that a little bit with the watch the Wrigley wins, you know, ironically features Freddie Peralta, who's all the way up top at 10-5, and then Alec Mills, who's 64-100. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely carry some ownership, too. Um, the line know. doesn't reflect the win, really. I mean, 4.7 implied runs for the Brewers, 3.5 implied runs for the Cubs. Yep. Sounds pretty low. I mean, with their, the predictions, of course, we're going, what, 20, 22 hours out or something like that? That's why you tune into Roth. You read his weather report. But it, it looks like 10-mile-an-hour winds blowing out, but that could be – it could end up being sideways and not mattering. It could be six miles an hour, and it doesn't matter that much. So at least from the, the betting lines, the sports books are not necessarily early predicting that this is going to be a win game, but maybe it, maybe it, maybe it, it turns into one. I don't think it's going to matter that much. The Cubs are horrible. Uh, the bottom of this lineup is, is – is, I mean, I, I don't even know. What this lineup is anymore? Uh, Alec Mills is not that bad of a pitcher, but I but the Brewers are cheap enough, especially with guys like Tellez and uh, Yelich is not cheap, but he's not been good this year when he's healthy. Uh, I'm to me the wind is more likely to whether or not I play Peralta. Like if if no if if it ends up being no one mentions the wind whatsoever, then I'm maybe I play more Castillo. But I'm I'm hoping that weather becomes a narrative and it pushes down the ownership of Peralta. And I got, I got uh, itchy trigger figure. I, I, the last start, cause to start before that he pitched like 68 pitches and came out of the game, like after five innings while having like seven or eight strikeouts. And I'm like, why is he coming out at such a low pitch count? So the next late, I stayed away from him 98 pitches. And like, he was one of the best pitchers on the slate and I didn't play him. Uh, so I'm just hoping there's there's some uncertainty here with the wind, with his pitch count, that uh, Peralta, to me, Peralta is, I mean, from a strikeout perspective, one of the best plays on the slate from a pitching, but I mean, he's the most expensive pitcher. But to me, it's the ownership, as always with me, that that's going to matter. And I'm more likely to play Peralta, like between Castillo, Peralta, and Giolito, uh, I want to I play the lowest owned of those three. So, like, what, whatever that happens to be, that's what I want. But it's hard to predict 
what people are going to do. I just don't think Castillo-Peralta lineups are going to be that prevalent unless we get some really weird lineups out with some value because it's going to be very tough to build because the, the, the batters you'd have to play against them are the ones that they're facing. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, so like, <laughs> unless you're playing the else. Marlins, how are you doing? Yep. Yep. I agree. And that, that Cubs lineup, I mean, the bottom of the order, how about the middle of the order? I mean, you know, wisdom, 34% K rate, you know, Contreras and Hat will strike out over 27% of the time. His lineup is, is just a train wreck. I mean, I, I, I kind the of don't top care. of the lineup is our good hitters that strike out a lot. Right. The right. bottom of the lineup are bad hitters that may not strike out a lot, but don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, outside of Ortega's three home run anomaly last week, he doesn't really scare me at the top either. And still strikes out over 20% of the time. So, like, I, I kind of don't care what, what the wind is. I, of course, uh, ownership's the only thing that's going to really matter for me. I, I don't care what people say about the wind. You know, I'm in your boat. I hope it drives people off Peralta because I want to throw them regardless. I mean, <laughs> I just don't think they're going to hit the ball regardless. So um, that's where I'm at, too. And if I had to guess, if I had to guess, Giolito would be the lowest owned of those three on DK, right? If I if I had to guess, and again, that's putting out these ownership projections. It isn't my job either. Neither is pre- predicting the weather because I'm definitely terrible at that. But my guess is Giolito is probably going to be the lowest owned. That's my Based guess. on recency bias, definitely. He had a horrible start, start the last start. Castillo has looked good and Peralta's looked good. So I'll take advantage of recency bias and play. Giolito ends up on a five-game slate being only like 20% owned, while Castillo, Peralta, and Tyon are like 50 plus, 40, 50 plus. Give me, G, give me Giolito and, uh, and hope for the best. I agree. But I understand that Tyon's going to get the recency bias in the other direction. So we have this game, uh, the Yankees at the Royals, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Yankees with the highest implied run total, 5.5. Royals, 4.2. Is it just me? Or I, I, because I think between Tyon and Musgrove, because Musgrove has the perfect matchup against the Marlins. uh, I kind of hope Tyon is high up. I want to play the I because the Royals are so so much cheaper than even the Indians. Because the Indians, you almost have to play Ramirez or Reyes or at least one of the two in a stack or something. If that stack's going to go off, like who else is going to kill Castillo? But the Royals, I mean, we have Dozier at 2,700, Santana at 3,500, Merrifield at 3,500, right? Salvador Perez is 5,000, a catcher. But everyone else in this lineup is like 3,500 or below. And Tyon's had two great starts in a row, but he's not the great, he's not a great pitcher. And he's typically not even known that much to being a strikeout pitcher. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> Check him for substance. <laughs> like, what? who is this new Tyon? <laughs> but you're right. I, like, per dollar, and Santana hasn't been uh, great in a while, which is fine because that's when you want to play him the most. But, like, per dollar, these Royals, I think, have some of the highest upside on this slate. Like you said, per dollar. Like, Hunter Dozier under 3K. Come on. <laughs> Out of all the underdogs on this slate, the Royals have the highest implied run total there you at 4.2. There you go. And we know Tyon's going to – I mean, this is leverage city right here. This is screaming leverage. I I love it. Um, You know, we know how the recency bias thing is going to work with Tyon, and there's going to need to be salary relief somewhere, and uh, a lot of people are definitely going to go here. I, 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 I'm not I, saying that they shouldn't be going there. I mean, I, I Tyon at 7,800, you're going to need an SP2. On DraftKings, I don't necessarily think it'll be that on on FanDuel, 
right? Because you only have to play one pitcher and you're probably going to play Peralta or Giolito or Musgrove. Typically, I didn't even look at the FanDuel salaries. I'm assuming Joe Musgrove is like 4,000 because they, they, it always seems like they underprice him. Uh, 7,800. I mean, I think the last lady was like 7,800. Like he would be like 4,000 less than Peralta, but I don't know. I haven't looked at the FanDuel salaries, but he's 8,500 on DraftKings. I just think Tyon and Musgrove get all the SP2 ownership. And depending on how that tilts, like that's who I'd rather stack the Royals and the Marlins. So like, like I'd rather Tyon get more on the Musgrove, but it's, we're not saying this because Tyon's a bad play. He's most likely going to be the highest point per dollar projected pitcher on the slate. Right at 7,800. Yeah. Castillo Peralta and, and maybe Giolito will have more raw point projection, but for, for 7,800, uh, twenty two hundred or twenty seven hundred dollars cheaper. Uh, Tyon's raw projection may only be four or five points lower. Yeah, no, it makes sense. He's uh, eighty one hundred on FanDuel. Musgrove's nine k. Giolito's ninety five, and Peralta is ten two. Um, and obviously, there's no Castillo on FanDuel. So that, that's where it is. There's enough cheap bats on FanDuel that you could you just you just play Peralta and you're done. Yeah, you're done. That's exactly it. Good point. I just always have to point out, especially when I'm on that, like, I will go this, these guys are great plays. They have the highest total. The stack looks nice. And I'm not playing. Like, I mean, like, cause I'm coming from the GPP perspective of will or will they not be over or under owned? So just kind of like, I want to take advantage of that, but in no way is like, you know, well, I don't want to play Castillo. I want to play the Indians against Castillo because I think the Indians will hit Castillo. It's like, no, just like the only way for me to win on a five-game slate is to do something like you said, crazy and idiotic, right? It's just a matter of which crazy or idiotic thing do I want to do. Well, that, uh, that's, that's so I'm just what, giving you the options. That's what it may be labeled, but you know, it really you're just looking for someone to fail, right? That's that's what it is. Who's gonna fail? That most people are gonna have. That's baseball is just like cause and effect, right? So we want we want we want the stack that's gonna make the highest own pitcher fail. So will that be Kansas City? I don't know. It could be. It, well, it, but I but I do know Justin, I do know that the Yankees will be the highest owned team on the slate. Highest implied run total and they have pieces of their lineup that are frankly on I think their whole lineup is underpriced. Yet if you've played them this past week you probably don't think so because you play the Yankees and you're like, come on, look at this lineup. And now Rizzo has COVID, but even without, I mean, you look at this lineup and you go, go, they're facing, you know, some scum of the oil Orioles back in the rotation. And it's like, how did they only get one run in the eighth inning with three hits? Like, how did that happen? So like the Yankees bust more, more often than you'd think. But uh, so like I said before, if they're going to be the truck stack, maybe that's the thing I need to hope fails. And maybe I'm playing Carlos Hernandez on the other side, pitching on the other side of the game against them. You know, generally my rule of thumb is I just like sprinkled some of whoever the, like whoever's pitching against the Yankees just because a, like they generally strike out a lot. Uh, and B, I can just see the tweets coming in tomorrow. Oh, why did I play the Yankees? I mean, they always fail when they're chalk. Why did I play the like, – I, I can see it happening already. I'm seeing Twitter explode. Oh, the chalk Yankees suck. We'll see what happens. It's, uh, but, but you have to understand why it's chalk. Stanton's 4,500. Voight is 3,700. Torres is 37. Odor is 39. Higg- Higashioka is 33. Yeah, Judge and Gallo are 53, 51. LeMayu is whatever at 46. 
Like this stack, it's the highest implied team total, yet it's 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 the like it's cheaper than the the Reds. It's cheaper than the White Sox, which we'll get to. Like it's it's cheap. like even the Padres is still it may be about the same price, but just based on price alone, I think there'll be a lot of a 10K pitcher tie-on five-man Yankee stack type of lineups. So, uh, yeah, which is the most probable. Yeah, it, make, it makes sense. But on a five-game slate, I'm more inclined to to go against the grain and find the way that it fails than do that. But I think in, like, cash games or whatever, like, you're, you're probably playing two or three Yankees in your lineup. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Carlos Hernandez, not a lot to, to write home about. <laughs> Don't know exactly how long he's going to go. Uh, pitched back-to-back decent starts against the White Sox and back-to-back starts, but across the across the season, he's given up 30 walks and 54 innings, uh, you know, 51 hits. Eight, oh, wait, that's his career. He's pitched 39 innings this season, 24 walks, not ideal. Uh, strikes out a good amount of guys. I mean, could could very well turn into a, a bullpen game pretty early for... He probably, he probably has a pitch, you know, probably... Ceiling of the 85 pitches, maybe, if he's if he's doing well. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's gone you know, fairly long for, in terms of his standards. The last two times he's pitched were uh, season highs in, in innings. He's threw 93 against the White Sox uh, last week, and then 84 on the 29th of July. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he can throw 90 to 100 pitches if he's cruising. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, in, it's in the cards, so... <laughs> Yeah, but it's 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 in Kansas City. It's predicted to be uh, ninety-two degrees with the wind blowing out at twelve miles an hour. Oh dear God! <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the Yankees strike out so much. Maybe they don't put a ball in play. The Yankees are just not hitting right now. Like, there's, there's yeah, but the Cubs are horrible. The Yankees actually have a good luck. It's true, but they're still not hitting. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Rizzo got COVID on his birthday. I think too. That sucks, right? Happy, what a present! Happy birthday! I guess <laughs> the only Yankee that is hitting <laughs> got COVID. You know what would be a good birthday present for him? What's that? A vaccine shot. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> Blender. <laughs> the, ne- the, next, the next game, uh, the White Sox and Twins. Uh, the Sox, 5.2 implied run total. Twins, four run total. Giolito versus Bo Burrows and the, Mil- and the Minnesota bullpen. Mm. Is, is that what it's going to be? Could be. That's the Twins cool. bullpen is one is is the Twins bullpen one of the worst in the league? Like the Twins and the Diamondbacks, pretty bad, and they don't have Taylor Rogers anymore either. He's out probably for the rest of the season. So they do not have many quality arms in that pen. You are correct. So, so and- the White Sox going to be the sneaky team because Tim Anderson sixty one hundred, Abreu six thousand, Moncada's forty nine. Eloy is 44, Cesar 42. Like, you don't, you barely get a cheap bat. Lewis Robert may be back, Ooh. right? 3,400. Brian Good. We've got some cheap, kind of cheaper guys. Sebi Savala maybe could duplicate that game from last week with three home runs. He's playing catcher. Just like the, the stack is just, it's just expensive. And you're filling a shortstop and a first baseman. Like, is this, is this going to be the, it's, it, are people more? Do you think people are going to be more likely to play the Reds or the White Sox? So we already say that the Yankees are going to be chalk. Uh, do you think? Do you think? I think that I think that it's going to be the Reds and then the White Sox and then the Brewers. 
or maybe the Padres. Like, where do you, where do you think where do you think the White Sox come in out of those five teams? Just based on the just based on the price, I think. Well, I think some people are gonna. I don't want to use the word chase, but after Eloy crapped on two balls tonight, <laughs> I think uh, I think they're gonna garner some more attention too. I think, yeah, I think. Obviously, we talked about the Yankees. I think the Reds, uh, and I think the White Sox are three, I, or like two B. I, I think they have to be. That's what I'm just saying. that. How do, these lineups have to have a cheap pitch? I mean. If you play Tyon plus Geo, like it's just like just just the way that the lineups work out. I think the Padres lineup is much more friendly price because you have Cronenworth that's four thousand, and he's second base and shortstop eligible, so you, you're able to like fit around it. Like the Yankees are very flexible, and the Reds have Farmer and Cat and, and Farmer in India in the middle infield versus Anderson at sixty one hundred. And literally no second they oh Cesar Hernandez is forty two hundred. Well, I would rather much rather play India over Cesar Hernandez. So like like to me it's just a matter of like positionally. Like if Voigt is chalk it's thirty seven hundred. Who's paying up for Abreu at six thousand? And if you're paying up for Abreu at six thousand, what outfielders do you play? Because you can only afford to play cheaper outfielders. And where are they? Castellanos and then what? Then who? You can't really fit anyone. I actually, I actually think the Padres are going to be the, like, the tournament team, if you want to call it that. I mean, we'll get to them, uh, you know, next. But uh, this White Sox Minnesota game, and we were talking about Giolito, and boy, I mean, this this Twins lineup. You know, you take Nelson Cruz out of the equation, which is obviously a huge loss. But you know, the Twins, you know, they put up runs historically, but they have guys that strike out a hell of a lot. Look, look at the lineup they rolled out on Sunday. Sano, 39% K rate, 39. Jake Cave, 32%. Trevor Larnock, 32%. Mitch Garver, 37%. Uh, Rooker, 28%. Uh, and then you have, you have Luis Arias, who has like a 4% strikeout rate. Right, but he, he barely play, ever strikes right? out, but he also doesn't have any power. Right, exactly. So I, I kind of don't care much. But I, I'm hoping Giolito, I hope the ownership falls. In, in the pecking order we talked about that we can go overweight on Giolito as tournament players. Uh, Cause I really, I like this spot. I do. Me too. I, I like I said before, I, I think he's going to be the, the, out of the three high price pitchers. I think he's going to be the, the lowest owned of the three. I don't think he'll be unowned, but I mean, to me, like I, if I was playing a 120, the, the 121 single entry, I think, I think my lineup is going to be like, like, imagine this lineup, a Giolito-Carlos Hernandez lineup. Oh, baby, now you're talking. And then you and then you stack the Indians or you, you do something like that. And then you, you yeah, like, to, to me, I would build something. And this is for a single-entry contest. That sounds like nuts, though. It's like, no, because the ownership is going to get even more condensed, right? So, like, the Yankees' ownership in the single-entry is going to be n- nuts. So it's like... If I'm going to fade the Yankees, who's who's going to pitch well? Probably a sixty-two hundred dollar pitcher is going to score enough points. And then how many people are going to have Geo plus Hernandez, and then have enough money to pay up for even the the Reds? And you play the Red stack with all the five K guys, or the White Sox stack with all the five and six K guys, and that's the type of lineup that anyone with a ten K pitcher probably can't play. So I think I'm more likely to so to, to me. My uh, Giolito, as of now, 
from from a projection versus ownership standpoint, is my favorite on the slate. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm. I can't believe it. We're in full agreement on something here, but uh... yeah, but I could still play a Twins lineup against. You you understand what I'm saying? Like like if you were to say if you were to listen to this and go, well, no, I'd rather play Castillo or Peralta. It's like, well, then play the Twins. Like that's what I'm looking at. It's like, well, if you're gonna play Castillo then stack against Peralta. If you're going to play Peralta, stack against Castillo or Giolito. If, if, if you're not going to play Tyon, play the Royals. It's like, to me, my choices for bats come down to what pitchers I'm not playing. Right. And I think out of all of these pitchers, since Gio probably was going to get the lowest out of the ownership, not 2%, it'll be 20%. It doesn't give me as much relative value to play the Twins. Right, because I'm stacking against the 20% on pitcher versus a 40% on pitcher. So it makes me want to – so even if I don't like Giolito, like I'd rather still not play the Twins. I'd still rather stack against Tyon or stack against my, even Musgrove, even though I don't want to play the Marlins. Uh, I think Musgrove will be more – I think Musgrove will end up more on than Giolito just because he's facing the Marlins. No, I agree. I agree. And, and the fact that Giolito hasn't been great recently, but that could change – Really quickly. I'm with you. I'm with you. And just to just to touch on the Carlos Hernandez thing, I, I think he's a really interesting risk reward uh, play on this slate. I mean, he's walking a lot of guys, but he's still striking out. He has a 28% K rate. So maybe you get a little lucky. Maybe he gets through five or six innings. If he gets through five innings and is okay, I mean that that might be that might be good enough on this slate if you have the right stack, right? Like you don't need yeah, yeah, you get a stack that puts up 10 plus runs. And you get 15 points out of Carlos Hernandez, yeah, like you're, you're good. That's it. Doesn't seem so crazy when you when you say it out loud like that, right? Yeah, it just but, has to happen, though. <laughs> it just has to happen. That's it. That's it. If I had a crystal ball, I would let you know. But I I, I like I like it. So let me, let me ask you this: gun to head, Alec Mills or Carlos Hernandez? Because I know that's going to be a Discord question. No, well, well, then it's easy. You use the same determination, just like I said about the Twins. The Yankees are going to be way more on than the Brewers. So if even even if you say that Carlos Hernandez and Alec Mills are close enough as pitchers, right? Just about the same. We could argue semantics and say what well, Alec Mills is better than Carlos Hernandez. He's not 50% better. I mean, 10% better, but I know that the Yankees will be twice as owned as the Brewers. So it Absolutely. makes gives me more value to win a GPP, more relative value to play Carlos Hernandez. If I had to if he gun to head and they're about the same. I'm going to play the one that is against the it gives me the more more leverage. Even if I see in the projections that Alec Mills projects for one and a half points higher than Carlos Hernandez, that's still not enough for me. It's like I, I'll if these Yankee bats are going to be 20, 30, 35 percent on, 40 percent on, maybe, dude, it's so much easier for me to win if the Yankees fail than me getting even if the Yankees stack doesn't get there, but three of their bats get there. They're going to be high owned. Bat. It's, it's going to be much harder for me to win. So I'll I'll try to win tomorrow by the Yankees failing more so than the Yankees succeeding. Tomorrow, I don't believe in eight lineups. I will have a Yankee stack at all. Some line, maybe two or three of the lineups, I may have Yankee one offs. But to me, the clear path to leverage is for the Yankees failing and one of these high higher price pitchers failing. So. That that's a whole tip. That's you could make a lot of lineup constructions that look like that. So it's not a matter of which one; it's a matter of committing to that 
And now you're rooting for the Yankees to fail. And you're rooting for one of this 10K pitchers. And that's all you need. And then you don't need 10 runs. The Royals, if I play the Royals against Tyon and play Carlos Hernandez, like if the Yankees fail and Carlos Hernandez has 20 points Mm. and one of the 10K pitchers fail, like I don't, the Royals stack, if they score six runs, that may be good enough on the slate. I mean, like it's a five-game slate and and half the lineups in the contest are dead. So, like, I don't want to try to win the high-scoring slates. I want to win the low-scoring slates. So playing Carlos Hernandez against a chalky Yankees team just gives me more paths to first. And then you have to you have to understand in your mind that the most probable result is the Yankees putting up like a lot of runs, six plus runs tomorrow. So if that happens and you build the opposite lineups, you just lose, right? Right? <laughs> That's well, what happens if well the most likely thing happened and you lost, and then you move on to the next day and you try to do the same thing again. Right. So you have to have that, that, that you say crazy idiotic, but it's not, it's, it's probably positive expected value to do that, but it's only going to happen. It's going to happen 2% of the time, but it's being owned at like 0.2%. So you're just sitting there waiting, waiting, you're rolling that, that hundred sided die getting paid, you know, 2000 to one knowing that, 99 times you're going to lose, but when you win, you're going to win way too much that you should. So, so just, I, I always have to point that out, especially on the morning grind. When we, when we talk about, uh, you know, stuff breaking down a slate, because on the pregame show in the morning, I, I do this all the time, but for, for, for the, the people that may listen to the podcast, they, they listen to me and they go, you do, you're doing the complete opposite of what everything in the projection say and everything. It's like, yes, because, I need I need chalk to fail. I, not all the chalk, but I need some pieces of chalk to fail in order to build a lineup that is an easier shot at first place. So finding which chalk fails to me, that's the key. Not figuring out which one does well. A lot of good points, and but you do the same thing, right? Of course I do. Yeah, right, we're both GPP players. Of course, it's funny because uh, you know every now and then my friends will be like, "What do you like tonight? What are you playing?" And they'll be like, "Why the hell are you playing that?" And then. They'll send me their lineup, and it's like five guys I'd play in a cash team. I'm like, yeah, probably not where I'm going. You know, I don't want to play four guys that are going to be 30%. Right, you tell tell your friend, if you're going to play that lineup, play double ups. Double ups, yeah. Don't put it in the uh, $18 bat flip. You're donating. I mean, it's fine if you want to do it. I don't mind. Right, so play a Marlins stack. Who cares? Look at at this. Lewis Brinson is a cleanup hitter. Yeah, let's get there. (laughs) Let's go there. How do you not play Musgrove? Other than the fact that every like seems like sometimes you can go out and strike out ten, and sometimes you can go out and pitch six innings and strike out none, and then sometimes go out there and give up eight runs on six walks. So I know it's a, the Marlins lineup is like it's it's not it's really not good. It it makes the, really the Cubs lineup look good. It's really bad. There's some really short sample size sizes of plate appearances in played IQ, but the K rates are pretty hysterical, right? I mean, are you scared I'm, of Brian De La Cruz? Am I scared? I'm scared of Brian. De- oh yeah. I'm terrified. I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> Lewis Brinson is their cleanup hitter. Lewis Brinson is the worst major league baseball player in the past. Like, I don't know how, like he's, he's someone like, I'm not the type of person that X's out of people in, in my, in my player pool, but like last season, like just, Oh, Lewis. Oh, Mar- I'm playing Marlin stacks because, you know, I typically play the vomit stack type of stuff. And he's batting eighth and he's 2K and I just X him out. 
Just like, I don't even want to waste the lineup on him. And 99 out of 100 times, that's the correct thing to do. So, oh my God, Jorge Alfaro. It doesn't get much better looking looking up the lineup there. Uh, I mean, okay, so we have a ton of plate appearances. I just got I just got to read this out loud, right? Sixty four plate appearances for Alfaro, thirty seven percent K rate. Brinson twenty nine percent in forty at bats. Brian Anderson, okay, only forty three at bats. He'll definitely regress. He's a better hitter than that, but he has a fifty one percent K rate so far, which is just funny. I just had to I just had to say that out loud. Brian Anderson's probably the best hitter in that lineup, right? Outside of Aguilar. So, I mean. I think Ro- Rojas is, a, I think, the best, like, singles hitter. Singles hitter, yeah. He's right, like, like he does, Rojas doesn't strike out that much, but he doesn't really do much damage. But everyone else is, I mean, it's strikeout city. Like, so, like, the, it really comes down to, do you think, do you think people will go with Tyon and the recency for 7,800 or just take Musgrove at 8,500 8, and say, it's the Marlins. How do I not play Musgrove? Uh man, well, that's a good question. I I feel like I feel like it's I feel like it's gonna be Tyon. Um, plus he's been he's looked he's looked really good lately, so I think they're gonna go Tyon. Um, but I don't like I said, Musgrove is obviously gonna carry some ownership too, and I can't fault you for playing a, a Marlin stacker too if Musgrove's uh, ownership gets a little out of hand here. But I do agree with you. I think the Yankees, whether they fail or not, will be keeping the slate here. But uh. You know, if, if Musgrove's ownership is fair, I'll I'll have a good I'll have a good amount of him. I just hope it's not crazy. But my my gut says people are going to go tie on though. I mean, what what are your thoughts here? I'm, I'm I don't know. It's not going to matter what my thoughts are. I'm going to look at the projected ownership on Roto Grinders. If you're a premium member, sign up and get ten dollars off your first month with the link in the podcast description. So I'm not going to have to worry. I'm only pondering now because obviously I'm not looking at projections. We don't have. You know, we don't have player projections and ownership up now. We recorded right. this the night uh-huh. before. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm wondering what it could be. But eventually I'm going to make my lineups at what? Uh, it's 5.45 p.m. and 30 minutes before the slate. I'm going to know that answer. So I'm, so I'm just pondering now. I think they're, I think Tyon and Musgrove is going to ca- cannibalize enough of their own ownerships that, that, like the Marlins, like Musgrove is, even if Musgrove is 28% owned and Tyon is 28% owned or something like that, they're both around 30. I'd still much rather play the Royals lineup than the Marlins lineup. If I'm stacking against the, both pitchers are going to be 30% owned. They both give me the same amount of relative value. Uh, the Royals have a 4.2 implied run total. The Miami Marlins have a three implied run total. Uh, and they're going to cost about this. Maybe the Marlins a little bit cheaper, but not really, not by that much. Because you're going to play, you may not play Rojas in your lineup, but you probably play Chisholm. And on the Royals, you're going to play Perez at 5K, but everyone else is cheap. So really, that's what it comes down to. Like, I'm more inclined to play Musgrove if the ownership is going to be about the same between him and Tyon or close enough. And that means I could then stack the Royals instead of the horrible Marlins. I don't know. Your boy Lewis Brinson is min price. You got pinch hit for in the middle of the game. Who pinches? Who pinch hits for the who double? Who double switches their cleanup hitter in the middle of a game? That's how bad they are when the cleanup hitter is getting double switched in the fourth inning. Oh, man. So you like the Padres? Then? So you think the Padres are the sneaky team? I do. I th- I, th- I think they are. Um, just with the way the rest of the slate's going to fall, late start time, he probably won't get you know the lineup right off the rip. You know, some of those those guys are priced accordingly. Most of them. 
So uh, I don't I don't mind that. I you know obviously Tatis isn't uh, in the lineup, and I just feel like you know without his name recognition there, people might go elsewhere. And Thompson has been okay. I, I just think you know obviously the Yankees are going to carry a ton of ownership. You know the White Sox you know, coming off a great Sunday night bullpen game. The Reds obviously people love playing the Reds, and they've been hitting the ball. So where does that leave you know a Tatisless Padres ten o'clock start? Like no one's going to go under the radar on this slate completely because there's five freaking games but i think this is you know i think this is the spot right you don't want to play them when they're chalky when they're popular like you don't have a ton of opportunities with the padres when when they're not super popular but i think i'm just pondering as well late night thoughts with justin carlucci here i think san diego's ownership will be fair and uh, i think they're gonna end up being my favorite tournament player come yeah they're, they're the fifth lowest implied team total out of all the favorites Okay. So we have the Yankees at 5.5. We got the White Sox at 5.2. The Reds at 4.9. The Brewers at 4.7. The Padres at 4.6. It's also the coolest game on the schedule. Uh, yeah, uh, Chicago at 77. San Diego's predict- predicted to be 69 degrees. Obviously, San Diego is more of a pitcher's ballpark. So, uh, so yeah, they, they're going to be the least appealing. They're probably also going to project lower. Than the, than the other teams, but you only have one expensive hitter in this lineup, pretty much, right? Machado at 5,900. Yeah, Fam's 4,700, but it's not 5K. We got lineups with two. White Sox have two 6K hitters. The the Yankees have have uh, two 5K hitters. The Reds have three 5K hitters. The the, the Brewers have, have Willie Adamas is 5,500. Uh, so just from a price perspective, and the fact that Cronenworth is now eligible at both second and shortstop. So you could play a shortstop in the Padres lineup. That's not Tatis. So okay. it, it allows you to fill easier. You could build these four, three, ones, five, twos, whatever type of stack you're building so much easier. And like you said, you're most likely not going to get this starting lineup by, by six, 10 Eastern lock for a 10, 10. Sometimes we don't get this lineup even at a 7.05 p.m. Eastern lock. So that's going to decrease the ownership as it is. So, yes, I'm, I'm on board with you. Like, all signs point to the Padres not projecting the best, but in comparison to their ownership uh, and their price, uh, to me, quite appealing. Is Zach Thompson just kind of a, a mystery so far? Uh, he's pitched well. Well enough since he's been in the majors. I think he's exceeded expectations. Before he came up in AAA this year, an ERA over six. And he gave up, uh, yeah, I mean, his whip, 1.6. And uh, in 2019, when he had a full season, he had an ERA over five. So I I don't know. I, I think maybe there's some regression that's due at, at some point. Will it be Monday? I don't know. If I knew, I would, I would definitely let you guys know. But I'm pondering here. Uh, and I, I really like the spot the Padres are in for tournaments. And... You can mix and match with some of that nice leverage we talked about. And, uh, yeah. This do, do we have to play the morning grind game if Stevie's not on? We we can do whatever you want. What, what, do, you, what do you want to do here, George? I don't know. I'm asking you. You're hosting. I don't know. I didn't know if there was a contractual obligation. I don't, I don't Stevie, know. Stevie, that we had to play the morning grind because I'm always – I never I never prepare for it. Was, uh, what guy – okay, I, I think I know what they are. Do you, <laughs> do you even know what the questions are? Not off the top of my head, no. Hey, you're you got me. You're leading the charge now. now, now you're okay, now up. we got. Now we now we almost got to do. Now we almost. I now that I mentioned, I shouldn't just never mentioned it. Okay, so you have to pick. You have to pick this DraftKings. 
You have to pick a guy over, I believe. Okay, I may be screwing this all up. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, you have to pick a guy over, uh, under 8K to get uh, get some uh, to pitch well. Some arbitrary amount of points or strikeouts. Under 8K. And it can't be in cores. And obviously, we have no cores on the slate, but I always have to throw that. So I need to give you a pitcher under 8K. Under 8K to get at least five strikeouts. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with Tyon. But well, I, of course you are, right? But I, hope it, but I hope it's not, if that makes any sense. Right, I know. We're just predicting stuff. I'll go, since you're taking Tyon, I'll go with Carlos Hernandez. I love it. Okay, love now it. you have to go. Now, okay, I believe. I believe. Now it's an 8K, 8, a pitcher, 8K or more that will bust. All right. Well, I'm not. I'm not going Musgrove because he'll probably strike out Lewis Brinson four times unless he gets double switched for. <laughs> and I like Giolito's spot, so that leaves me with Luis Castillo. Okay, I was. I would have taken Castillo. I'll, I'll since you took Castillo, I'll go with Freddie Peralta. I'm typically the guy that gets to go first because Stevie's asking me now. So now I'm in the spot where you pick the obvious guy and I have to take the, the guy that I don't want. Well, no, I'm making you uncomfortable. This is all sorts of fun. <laughs> right. It, does, it doesn't even matter. Okay. What's the, what's the next one? I let's see. It's a, uh, you have to pick uh, Ed, uh, I think it's any hitter, any hitter to hit a home run. Doesn't uh, matter what the price is. Any hitter to hit a home run. Let's go with, man, this is a good one. I'm going to go with, Eloy again. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down just so I, I need to beat you with the Peralta versus Castillo. I'll, I'll Christian Yelich against okay. Mills. Okay, it's likely okay. not going to happen, but I'll double down just in case. Okay, now a, a batter under 4K that will get two or more hits. Ooh, man! Now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, that's what I know because I'm nor I'm not the one normally on the spot. That's why you get to. So, so you're loving this. Let me let me no, buy. I'm not. Time. I'd rather we not play the game at all. <laughs> let me buy a quick second and say, hey guys, get on over there to Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com. Awesome stuff they got over there. Damn it, I didn't buy myself enough time here. But I'm gonna go with. Man, that's tough. I'm gonna keep the White Sox theme alive here and go Gavin Sheets back in the lineup. He may not even be back in the lineup. Pick, pick a, a backup pick. Well, I hope he's back in the lineup. Oh, uh, man. All right. You're going to hate this one. I'll go Luke Voigt. Yeah, that's the obvious. Right. Of course. Right. Now I know what Stevie feels like. It's like, obviously, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Luke Voigt. Uh, if it's 4K or below, I'm, I'll, I'll take the other obvious one is Nick Castellanos. Because he is yeah. 4K. He's so cheap. That right. that's just that's ridiculous. And is is there another question? I don't I don't remember. Typically, there's like any type of bet that you like, but I don't bet on sports, so I don't know. Did we miss any? Is it is it? Is there supposed to be another one? I don't remember. I don't know. We we could just, we'll just let it go. We'll, pl- we'll play by our own rules tonight. It's been fun. It's been fun. You don't do the morning grind game when you do the NBA stuff. No, no. But maybe maybe we should start. I didn't. I never. I thought I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was in our Roto Grinders contract. Yeah, you gotta play. You gotta play the morning grind. I apparently Stevie tracks it. Yet I've never I've never been told what my record is, and maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> now, we're gonna, now we're gonna have to get to the bottom of this. Now, whenever I'm on the uh, NBA morning grind with uh, Chief, we just talk about food because we're fat and we like. Food. I see him write it down. I see it on the Zoom. He write like the the game, and I see him write it down. But I mean, I've been I've been. 
I've been on enough morning grinds that like he keeps record of this. And I've never, I don't know. I don't know how many wins or losses I've had or anything. And now, now he, is he, is he just that, saying that just to keep me participating? I don't know. Am I getting gaslit? What's going fact, on? The fact that he takes notes, even if, if he's taking fake notes, that the pressure is on there. That's like some serious stuff. <laughs> right. I'm, pro- I'm probably two and 37 or something. <laughs> two and 37. Plus Who knows? But if you really right those two times, that's when it counts. Yeah. For the morning grind game. What the hell do I, I don't even win anything. <laughs> Oh man, Blender! Anything else you got about this wonderful five gamer on Monday night? We have? Uh, no, but I'll be on uh, as always Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, on YouTube, the Roto Grinders YouTube channel for the DFS pregame show. Uh, Mondays are always uh, me and James McCool. Uh, we'll probably mention something, I guess, about this five game slate, but it's mostly uh, answering your DFS strategy questions, talking about m- more macro stuff. Uh, throughout the week, reviewing lineups, you know, anything that to help you make you be a better DFS player. So uh, just uh, as always, tune into that Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on Roto Grinders. Absolutely. And while Stevie's away, I'll be back on the morning grind to talk about Tuesday's slate with Keith. And we're blessed with a 16 gamer. So we go from five to 16. So we'll have a, a lot. Imagine of- this was a imagine, imagine if this was a 15 game slate. This is a, like an hour long podcast, and we only talk about five games. This is this is why Stevie always puts me on the very small slates. Hey, you said you said you could talk to a wall basically before the show, and uh, you're right. But it was good. Right, I don't need. I, I would be here regardless if we were recording a show. <laughs> Carlos Hernandez. Here we go. I'll give you this one. Carlos Hernandez. This one's just for you. Over under fourteen and a half DK points. Now he's going to project for lower than that. I don't care. Yes, what I'm gonna, we're, we're pondering here. I don't care. I don't care. What I, I, I just care about winning. I'm not pond. I don't care what the outcomes are. I'm just going to look at the projection and be like, oh, his projection's 12.4. Okay, I'm picking the under. I mean, what What do you think we're doing here? We're trying to make money. All right, Blender's yelling at me, so we'll wrap it up. It's getting past our bedtime series. <laughs> so for Jordan Cooper, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a great day, everybody.